listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, holistic health coach, clinical herbalist, and functional medicine pharmacist, or just holistic pharmacist for short. Whether you're a healthcare professional helping to support the health of your clients or going through your personal healing journey, I believe you will find yourself right at home with this podcast. My co-hosts and I will be merging the scientific with the holistic all season long, as well as sharing stories that will touch your heart and challenge your mind. Please enjoy the show. Hey everyone, we are getting so close to the end of the year and the end of season five of the Holistic Pharmacy podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and learning how to be better practitioners and humans together. I could not do this without your support and feedback, and it truly inspires me to keep going every day, even when the challenges inevitably arise. With the solstice coming up, I invite you to take stock of your year and your life and reflect on what resources you already have that you can tap into. Winter is the season for slowing down and introspection. So really allow yourself to just be. Ask yourself what you need and what would serve you and take care of yourself. Which leads me to the topic of today's episode, where my guest passionately shares about her own journey and the powerful realization that women in healthcare need to take care of themselves just as well as they take care of their patients. Dr. Tamar Lawful is a doctor of pharmacy and graduate of the University of the Sciences, Philadelphia College of Pharmacy. She's licensed in California, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. As an advanced practice pharmacist, she specializes in pharmacogenomics, nutritional genomics, and integrative nutrition. She combines these skills as founder of Life Balance, Inc., where she takes a holistic and integrative approach to de-prescribe unnecessary medications, promote food as medicine, guide healthy lifestyle changes, and highlight the importance of self-love to help women working in healthcare to reclaim and maintain their health. With her signature In Her Glow Health Empowerment Program, she utilizes nutrigenomics to guide clients' health goals and has helped women with diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and hormonal disorders to lose weight, get off medications, and adopt a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Her clients go from putting themselves on the back burner to the point of failing health to loving themselves first eating healthy, eliminating brain fog, having more energy, losing weight, and living their best lives. Dr. Lawful has devoted her talents to foster youth programs, youth summer camps, and philanthropic endeavors. Born in Jamaica and raised in New Jersey, she now calls California home and enjoys being a mother, playing the guitar, spa days, food, and beach life. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I have with me today Dr. Tamar Lawful, and she's a holistic pharmacy practitioner. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Marina. 
Yeah, I've been following you on LinkedIn and I thought you'd be the perfect guest um, here today. So I would love to start off with just going over your background, where you grew up and how you became a pharmacist. Ooh, we're going to take it all the way back. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I'm actually, I was born in Jamaica and I was raised in New Jersey since I was four years old, um, mainly by a single mom and uh, rather a fairly close-knit family. And, uh, you know, we didn't really use medicine that much. I don't think I even knew what a pharmacy was until I start, until my mom had a discussion with me about what do I want to do when I grew up, <laughs> when I was like 15 years old. And um, so not really having it, not really being sick that much as a child, not having taken medicine that much. I, I really didn't know much about medicine. And um, at some point, my grandmother in Jamaica got sick with lung cancer and my mom flew me and my brother there to see her. She was literally on her deathbed. And there was nothing I could do. You know, I'm 14 years old, felt helpless, but I wanted to help her and I didn't know how. Um, so I think that was a turning point in my life where I started trying to think, how can I help people who are sick? How can I help them get better? But not really know what to do, you know? So I think a year later, my mom had a conversation with me, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, I want to help people get better. <laughs> and my mom's a nurse. She, at that time, she worked night shift as a nurse and also as a single mom raising me and my brother. And um, so I said, I think I'll be a nurse like you, mom. And she said, no, <laughs> you can't be a nurse. <laughs> she didn't want me to be a nurse. So um, she's like, okay, if you want to help people, uh, and she talked me through it, you know, and um, pretty much uh, had me do my research as to what kind of professions help people and what in what ways do I want to help people. So I landed on pharmacists because I was one interested in I was skeptical. I didn't know if medications really worked. I thought that, oh, you know, like placebo effect, people just take it and they get better because they think they're going to it's supposed to work. Um, so I, I was interested in finding out if this was true, do medicines really work? And I'm going to just prove it wrong. I'm going to go to pharmacy school and, you know, tell the truth and <laughs> let everyone know this stuff doesn't really work. And um, so that was part of it, but I was very interested in knowing if they do work, how do they work? But on the other hand, I saw an opportunity to help people who are sick get better without putting myself back in that room with my grandmother and having that uncomfortable feeling and that feeling of helplessness. Um, so not necessarily being um, right there in front of the person who is ill at that moment and, and yet still being able to help them. Um, later on, that changed. <laughs> I was very comfortable being being around people who were ill and speaking with them and um, managing their therapy and talking to them about it. So that's what made me decide to become a pharmacist, the interest in really knowing if these meds work and combined with the skepticism, and then as a way to help people without having to literally physically be in the room with them. Yeah, I love that. So it's literally the scientific pursuit. And, you know, the placebo effect is such a big you know, real factor that we see in studies and is always present in the evidence-based literature. So it's so interesting that, um, you know, me personally, I always want to kind of push it further and utilize that effect, you know, like you said. And um, 
So what did you learn, you know, when you did go into pharmacy school um, as far as proving or disproving your theory and how did that plus, you know, your personal story, which, by the way, thank you so much for sharing about your grandma and, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. You. But, um, you know, how did that inform you going through pharmacy school and then the decisions that you took after you graduated? Well, you know, it didn't. It didn't all come together until the last year of pharmacy school when you do rotations. And um, the rotation that really stuck out to me was when I was working in Philadelphia at a psychiatric hospital. And day one, you're you're in the room with these these um, residents or or patients, and you can't have a, a conversation with them. You can't have a logical, reasonable conversation with them. And then they're put on whether it's the antipsychotics or an antidepressants. And in three weeks, it is safe for me to be in a room on my own with them speaking and getting their medical history. Uh, so I saw firsthand how medication actually can help uh, help somebody when it comes to uh, mental illness. Um, so that was something I was able to actually witness myself and say, oh, okay, it's actually it actually does work. It's not just in the book, what they're telling me. Uh, so that was when the light bulb went off in my mind that, okay, if this is something that I can physically see, visibly see, then, um, you know, well, this by now it's six years in a pharmacy school. So I had some confidence in how the medications work already and the fact that they can have um, for improving health or, um, or helping people through their health issues. Uh, so that was the aha moment for me where I became, I was no longer a skeptic. I was no longer a skeptic. But um, transitioning from there into how, where I am today um, with my pharmacy practice is uh, my experience in the hospital setting as a transitions of care pharmacist, where I primarily saw patients with diabetes and hypertension and heart failure and dyslipidemia and um, manage their medication therapy. I was able to de-prescribe de medications, get them off what wasn't needed, get them on what was needed, make those dosage adjustments. And the part that I loved the most was being able to talk to them and counsel them about their medications, about their disease state, and then give them some lifestyle change advice. <laughs> um, you know, for some people I didn't see again, but then there are others that I saw, they came back in less than 30 days. and. Um, that truly bothered me. I felt like I wasn't doing enough and I wanted to do more. Something else needs to be done because what I noticed was they weren't getting off medications. They were getting off medications that weren't necessary, but medications for diabetes or for their blood pressure, they were still on it and they were getting on more. So I said, this isn't, this is some, something has to change. Something has to change. So that led me into um, starting to try to figure out, you know, what, how can people, really be helped to really manage their disease states. And especially for these conditions that are reversible with diet and lifestyle changes. Yeah, I love that. So you went from kind of wanting to take a more distant approach to patient care to like really being 
you know, in love with the counseling and connecting, yes. and communicating and wanting to do so much more for these patients than, you know, just adding on new and new medications. And they continue to land back in the hospital with complications. So how did, you know, that experience and then the specialty sounds like cardiometabolic, how did that evolve into, you know, your specialty today and what do you do today? Yeah, so it evolved into my specialty today when I when I decided to really start focusing on women in general because they're, they're women that have these conditions, women and men, but I really want to spe- focus on women because... Um, it, things were starting, my health was going down the drain because I wasn't taking care of myself. And I looked at the underlying reason why that was. It wasn't because, oh, I wasn't eating right. It wasn't because, oh, my insulin levels are too high or as, you know, it, it was because I wasn't taking care of myself. Bottom line, I was not taking care of myself. So um, to bring me to where I am today, I realized that there are many of us health professionals we're mothers, we're caretakers, sometimes we're the breadwinners, and we carry so much on our plate. We carry so much on our shoulders, and we're taking care of everybody else and neglecting ourselves. We are on the back burner. We're an afterthought for our own selves. Um, so that took me to um, trying to think of how can I encourage women in healthcare or professional women to start looking at themselves first and not feel guilty about it. And in that process, help them make those lifestyle changes, help them make those healthier nutrition choices, taking a holistic approach, not just looking at the medicine they're on, um, but looking at them as an entire human being, as an entire wonderful woman, um, so that they can give themselves the love and time that they deserve. Yeah, I love that. That's definitely a pattern I see that, you know, whether or not the woman is the breadwinner, nowadays, most women do work and take care of the home um, in some sort of way. And if they're also mothers and caretakers, whether or not they're mothers, you know, um, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot that one person has to deal with. And, you know, there's lots of emotional and stress, um, not only like the physical toll on your body and then of course sleep. And so I'd love to know, you know, what is your definition of self-care? You know, what's the first step when it comes to self-care and how did you figure out what needs to be done for yourself, for your own life? I teach my clients that I don't say patients, I say clients, because I feel like when you say patient and disempower somebody, it's, it's like, oh, well, I'm your patient. So my health is in your hands, but as as my clients, the power to make changes for their health is in their hands. So you'll hear me say clients. So I, I tell my clients that there's no definition for self-care. It's what you need it to be. You know, so for, for me, it might be spa days and help me relax. For someone else, it might be running 10 miles that helps them relax, <laughs> you know, but um, it's what, it's what you need it to be. Um, it's, it's personalized and personal, uh, but it's what I teach them is that it, it has to be something you can do every day. There should never be a day that goes by that you don't do something for yourself in some form of self-care. Um, so for some, it might be a meditation. It might be 
and this is a true story. I had one client, she worked from home since COVID started and she realized that she wakes up in the morning and gets right to work. She doesn't take a shower. It might be end of the day when she takes a shower, 4 p.m., 5 p.m. So she chose that her self-care tasks for this one week that we were focusing on was to wake up and take a shower. And Marina, that that one shower changed and set the tone for her whole day. And every she viewed everything in a more positive light. She was happier, you know, she felt less overwhelmed with things that she had to handle as a, a single mom. And um so for her, self-care was taking a shower. Um, so I help my clients discover what their form of self-care is, what it is that they need specifically for themselves. Um, so I, if I had to put a general definition, though, it would be um, an activity or practice in which you are truly catering to your your needs. Just blanket. That would be it. I love that. Yeah, it could certainly be different person to person, like you said, and individualized medicine is the new uh, medicine that I think we're all kind of trending towards, which is wonderful to see. So I'd love for you to just kind of fill in the gap with, you know, how did you figure out this definition, this approach, this way that you now work with clients? And how did you even go from working, you know, as a transitions of care pharmacist to now having your own clients? Oh, wow. Yeah. So what I did, the steps I took, again, from my personal experience, transitions to care pharmacist, I did residency when I was a pharmacist for nine years and I did residency, then then transitions to care pharmacist, right? At, I was stressed. <laughs> it was very stressful on um, life for me. And um, being um, um, pregnant and newly married, you know, so a lot was going on. Um so I started looking and I had issues of weight loss after I had the baby. So I started researching um, different ways, like what's wrong with me? I could I could easily lose weight before, you know? So I went to, um, I got interested in ketogenic nutrition and that took me down a rabbit hole, literally, where I fell in love with nutrition, not just ketogenic nutrition, but I started understanding the power that nutrition has on us. And um, I wanted to learn more and I wanted to teach other people this. <laughs> um, and I found this is a way uh, that I could help, you know, really help people improve their health, focusing on nutrition. But I wanted more um, training for myself personally to make sure that when I do teach others that my teaching or coaching is effective. So I went to health coaching school, um, integrative um, nutrition there in New York. And um, and that that program exposed me to so many different um, tools and ways that I could help my clients, and um, and I really resonated with the program areas that focused on um, like self care and um, our. Our, our our mental status and and things like that. So I decided, you know, this is something I could definitely incorporate um, into my program because we need to start there. We need to start with ourselves before we can even really start making true changes in our actions. 
and habits. Yeah. So from um, health coaching school, I um, that's where I really um, was introduced to different aspects of health in general, integrative nutrition. It's not just about food. And we talk about primary foods, which is the foods that we don't eat, the foods, spirituality, relationships, um, finances. Uh, those are the primary foods. The secondary food are the foods that we eat. <laughs> uh, so um, being my practice is holistic because I am considering these these other foods um, in addition to the physical foods that we eat when it comes to eating my clients and what they need. Love it. Yeah, I also went to IIN, so I'm totally familiar with the <laughs> concepts that you're mentioning. Um, so how did you navigate, you know, this almost like stressful life situation, right, with all the things that were going on um, with pursuing this new venture that's more holistic? And then how did you transition into, you know, this new business and mm -hmm. building your client base? Yeah, I had to cut out a lot of what I was doing already that was spreading me thin. Like I mentioned, yes, I was wife, new mom. Um, I also served on the board of three nonprofits, local nonprofits in my area simultaneously. <laughs> you know, um, I I had to do some inner um, searching. So I do um, like Reiki and energy healing. Well, I go to, um, I don't do it myself, but I um, perform it myself, but I have a specialist that I see that helps me with that. And doing that helped ground me and realize that I was doing too much and it wasn't necessary. So I had to start with cutting out a lot of things that I was doing in my life so that I could then start focusing on myself and, um, and have time for clients as well. Now, trans, I still work as a hospital pharmacist in a hospital setting. And um, thankfully my job schedule allows me to, to have my business and to be able to, to have that quality time uh, with my clients. So the transition worked out pretty well. It just had to start with me making some changes um, in my life to put myself first. And, and that freed up some time for me to work on my business and see clients. Love it. So what is your process when seeing a client as far as like, um, do you take them in for, you know, an intro session or do you have them go through a program that you've designed? And how did you also learn, you know, the more business skills once you got the training as far as coaching? Oh, yeah. So uh, my my program is through application process. Um, so I will review applications just to make sure that they are definitely right for the program because I want to make sure that I can really help them. And um, once, if that application is approved, I speak with them on the phone, have a discovery call to just um, gather some more information and let them know about the program. Now, my program is a, it's a 90-day health coaching program. Um, right now, it's group coaching. I do offer two spots for one-on-one um, -on -one coaching a year. Um, but it's group coaching and they go through a 90 day or 12 week program where I have different phases um, that they um, that they go through and work on and apply in their life. And um, and through that process, um, what I found, they, they end up coming off their medication. Now, that wasn't what I initially went into. Initially, I went into the doing this because you need to get healthy and, you know, cater to yourself. 
But then um, they started getting off medication. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is even better. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah, so they're getting off medications or avoiding to being on medications in the first place. Um, so my only degree is in pharmacy. I don't have a business degree. You know, so I didn't know what to do when it came to a business. So I, that required I needed a business coach or coaches. I've had <laughs> I had a couple business coaches. Yeah. And um and then I'm also a member of my local chamber of commerce and they provide a lot of resources for entrepreneurs and hold my hand every step of the way. Uh, so I definitely appreciate my, lo my local um, chamber of commerce. Uh, so it's important that we don't try to figure out everything on our own when we're going out there and um, diving in and uh, into entrepreneurship. You know, there's, there are plenty of resources out there um, to help, to help us that we can, that we can uh, get information from. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you mostly see? Is it people going through like the online training uh, or is there an in-person component locally? And what um, have you seen clients, you know, achieve or maybe like who is your ideal client that you can help? Yeah, so we, um, it's online, online program. Some of my clients have been local. So for them, they've had a little bit extra support like hey I'm going to the gym you guys can join me or let's go for a group walk or something like that for the local clients online we have challenges um so you know we I use a, a program that can track you know their steps their their exercises you know what they've been eating so I can use that for challenges um depending on what whatever the goal is um that the group wants to do uh for that particular time frame um, so my ideal client would be women in women in healthcare who are looking for a way to to really prioritize themselves and reclaim their health. You know, they're they're stressed out from day to day, from work, from the responsibilities of um, that the roles that they have in their family. Um, of life, they're likely suffering from prediabetes or recently diagnosed with prediabetes. They might even have two, type two diabetes already, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and um, on medications. And they're looking for a way to get off of these medications, a way to have more energy so that they can play with their kids, so they that they can feel like doing something, and. Um, so this, these are the type of clients that I've been seeing. Um, I have some outliers <laughs> that, uh, for example, I, um, one of my clients um, was having issues with menopause and she didn't want to start hormone ther therapy at all. Um, so she came on board and uh, with the nutrition and addressing other other factors within my protocol, working on other factors that my protocol addresses, um, she was able to improve within two weeks and her symptoms drastically improved and she never had to start hormone replacement therapy at all. And a year later, she, she always, she still contacts me. She's like, I'm still not on medications. I'm still doing good. So um, just learning uh, what she needed to eat and the lifestyle changes she needed to make and um, being able to sustain those uh, new habits, uh, she's been able to maintain the results so that she doesn't need to be on medications and she can control her menopause symptoms. 
So um, that's been that's been great. That's amazing. Congratulations on all that. That must be super rewarding to watch your clients thrive, you know, and even though we're pharmacists to know that they don't have to depend on a drug or a medication and they could just manage with lifestyle and diet. Um, So I'd love to know what are the main steps or pillars that your program takes people through? Well, what I do is Ultimately, I'm going to, I break it down in um, an acronym that I call DNA. (laughs) And um, so DNA is, it stands for um, detox, nourish, and attune. So it's important that when it comes to detox, you're detoxing your old way of thinking, whether it's thinking about nutrition, thinking about how you feel about yourself, you know, um, and detoxing from old habits, physically detoxing your body. And then there's nourish, um, where you're nourishing your entire body through um, sleep, exercise, uh, nutrition, self-care, that you're giving your body that love, that nourishment. And then that's being, then the attunement, the A part of DNA is being in attunement with yourself so that you can start setting boundaries, that you can learn how to say no, <laughs> whether it's no to your boss, I'm not going to pick up the extra shift or no to a family member. Like, you know, I can't do that for you today. Um, and being in a tune with what you really want out of life and what kind of lifestyle you have and being able, and along that as well, um, when you're in attunement, you're able to be consistent with the new changes and habits that you have. Um, so a lot falls under under um, what we do. So I just broke it down into DNA, detox, nourish, and attune. And, um, and that hits everything that we really cover in my program. And I also go further and tell them um, if you have to have all three for this to work, all three DNA, because if you have, if you're detoxing your mind and your way of thinking, um, but you're not nourishing yourself, you're not really getting the sleep and the exercise, this is failure to thrive. You know, when we when we want to talk in medical terms, you're really not going to be successful at reaching those goals. And at the same time, if you're on the other hand, if you you're de- you have the detox, you know, you're changing your mind and habits, but you're really not truly in attunement. You're not setting the boundaries. You're not really um zoning in on what type of lifestyle you want and not being consistent. Um, I call this septic shock because you're going to be stuck. <laughs> you're not, you're just going to be stagnant right there. You're not moving forward, not going anywhere. So it's important that they have all three, they brace all three components of um, of, of this, uh, of the DNA in order to get those true results. And then on the other hand, physical DNA, I do nutrigenomic, nutrigenomic testing. So they, their DNA is actually used to, um, to guide their lifestyle changes, their nutrition choices. And um, this is a feature that they absolutely love and are floored by because they, the, they always say what I usually get most commonly when they get their results is I knew something was going on, but this explains what and why. And then now I know what I can do about it, you know? Um, So uh, using nutrigenomic testing, working with them to implement the recommendations that come from that test 
has been uh, very effective for them getting the results. Wow. I love how you tied in that proprietary acronym with the nutrigenomics and pharmacogenomics. So congratulations on all that. That sounds super fun, you know, and makes complete sense. So I would love to also hear an example of, you know, something that let's say the testing revealed that maybe the person wouldn't have otherwise known or, you know, some benefit that you're seeing overall of doing these tests. The you know the overall benefit with that that I see from these tests is I feel that they're more prone to stick with the recommendations now that they see that this is really personalized for them. Like, oh, I shouldn't be doing high intensity workouts. I just need to do yoga. <laughs> you know, so they're like going to yoga, yeah. they're doing Pilates. Um, and then the the eating, um, at times can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Like, what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? So being able to really see um, from their genetic tests that these are the foods that will benefit your health um, based on what's working or not working right now um, with your DNA pathways. And then I then they are linked to a meal plan that, that includes these components, these different types of foods, recipes that include these foods for them. Um, makes it easier for them. They takes out the the planning or decision making for them. They have they're already told though these are the types of foods. This is a recipe you can use. So it makes it easy for them. Um, so yeah, overall I feel like they they're more compliant when because it is specific to them um, from their DNA. Um, as far as helping, like I educate them um, based on some of those results. Like when it comes to the need for supplements, because <clears throat> as we know. Genetically, we may not be able to um, to process or break down certain, um, whether it's medications or we may not have enough of a certain vitamin produced in our body naturally based on genetics. So some, some clients have discovered that, for example, me specifically, B12, I am not a good producer of any type of vitamin B. So... Um, that I found was something I needed to do was implement vitamin B um, in my um, supplement with that. Um, and I see a huge, a huge difference in how I feel now that I've been doing that. Um, so certain cases like that, there might be some deficiencies that they're prone to, vitamin deficiencies that they're prone to genetically that they did not know about. And um, the test has revealed revealed the potential for that. Yeah, thank you for walking us through that. So tell us, um, can anybody just order these tests or do you need to work with a practitioner that's been trained or how does the process work? Yeah, with the company I use, you um, a client or they can order it without a practitioner, but then they will need to see a practitioner to get the results. Yeah, so um, in my program, they it's included in um, the program. Um, it takes about four or five weeks to turn around time to get those results back. And it's, you know, released in a secure platform, HIPAA, HIPAA compliant. Um, and I'm able to share their specific results with them uh, for their records as well. Uh, but yeah, the company I use right now, um, initially they did not, um, it had to be only the practitioner that ordered it but now they allow um, the patients to order it, but then they're required to actually make an appointment with a practitioner. 
Got it. And is this something that practitioners can just add on and self-study in order to participate or do you have to go through specific training? No, I personally went through uh, specific training through um, the American Nutrition Association for Nutritional Genomics. And but you don't need to because it depends on the company. I've worked with two different companies and they each train you. Um, the company I'm with now has a very robust training program to make sure you understand the test, you understand how to read it. They have weekly uh, webinars on different topics related to the type of results you can get from the test. And um, so education is, is continuous. So you don't need a specific degree or certification. Most, of, I believe most of the programs, uh, the companies that offer it will train the practitioners on how to understand it. Love it. And how has this new component, you know, with the nutrigenomics and uh, the testing now affected your program? Do you feel like, you know, it's now a vital component or do you feel like, you know, the program can also work without the nutrigenomics? Well, I've had the nutrigenomics since day one, since okay. I was the health coaching part of my program. It's always been there, but for not everyone's comfortable with their DNA being tested. You know, not everyone's comfortable. So I do have that option. If they don't want the test, it's fine. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely an extra perk. They can actually, you know, it helps to that it's personalized and they get a, they get a, a look inside of themselves, literally. Um, but it's not, um, it's okay if they don't want that. So I do have an option for those who do not want the DNA test. They still go through the same health coaching process. Um, but it's just not going to be personalized based on their personal nutrition recommendations and lifestyle recommendations. Got it. Got it. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your marketing strategies. How are you, you know, spreading the word about this business? And I see you on social media and it looks like you're having a lot of fun with that, like on Instagram. So um, talk to us a little bit about that. Marina, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to make this honest hour. I hate social media. <laughs> I can't stand it. I absolutely cannot stand it, but I use it. So um, I did a little bit on LinkedIn, but my main platforms are TikTok and, um, and Instagram, actually, to do those videos, to put out information about different topics related to health and self-care and nutrigenomics. And, and then in my local community, um, I talk about it where <laughs> I'm at a nail. I love going to a nail salon or getting massages at the spa. So perfect places to talk to people about health, right? Yeah. So although um, my ideal audience are healthcare professionals, um, this is a program that can benefit different types of people. Um, so I don't want to be stingy. So I do, I do talk to people wherever I go about it. Um, for example, I was on a plane going to Mexico a couple months ago. And this lady sat next to me. She's a case manager. So she, we started chatting and she was asking me what I do. So I told her about the business and she's like, oh, my husband's a doctor. He said, he's sitting two words up. So she, she said, he needs you in his medical practice. <laughs> so after we got the plane, she introduced me to her husband. We exchanged, we exchanged numbers and now he's interested in seeing how I can help him, his patients um, with what I do. Uh, from his in his practice, so it's important that we we always advocate for ourselves 
Go to a mountaintop and scream it loud what you're doing. Let everybody know what you're doing because you never know who's out there listening um, that will that can either put you in contact with somebody that needs your service or put you in contact with somebody that could um could use your service like in their in their business or their practice. So social media is not the only way <laughs> to to market. So it's important that we um we used uh, different means, talk about what we do, wherever we go, different people. Yeah, I love that. So like building a strong referral network. And like you said, you don't know if they know somebody that needs you or if they could introduce you to their own network. And that's super powerful and has a compound effect. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I would also love to know what's next for your business. Like, are you going to continue the group programs? Do you love individual ones better? Um, anything special events or launches coming up? Yeah. So we have group coaching is being continued. Um, I took a little hiatus at end of the year so I can have some breaks and have some vacation time and um, with my four-year-old and take care of some new things going around in the house. Uh, but starting end of January, um, the group coaching will be kicking back up. And I will have a webinar on January 3rd at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for anyone who's interested in um, getting a little bit more insight into the program. The, the webinar is titled How to Get Off Your Medications in 90 Days. <laughs> and um, so if you're interested, that's something you're welcome to, to join on January 3rd. And um and then, yeah, for next year, there are some there are some things coming. The business is growing, and um, and uh, maybe I can come back another time and talk to you about that more <laughs> later next year. But yeah, but yeah, the most recent thing, upcoming thing, will be that webinar in January, and um, and then for those who are not able to make the webinar, I have uh, a free workbook on self care hacks for healthcare professionals that. Um, have a lot of different tools in there that I have personally used and still personally use. And it's a great work workbook to figure out what type of self-care you need for yourself personally. Great. Amazing. So I'd love to share all that info in the show notes. And um, January 3rd sounds like the perfect New Year's resolution time <laughs> you know, to get yourself in gear and motivate yourself to make some changes. And that's certainly a really catchy title and a great goal to get off your medications and you have a, an exact plan for 90 days. So um, all that sounds really good. Congratulations again on all that. And if you just have like a minute or two, I'd love to do a rapid fire round of questions. Okay, let's go for it. All right. Okay. Question number one, what would be your number one tip for people to implement right now for their self-care? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. My number one tip, my number one tip would be to start a meditation practice, like for yourself, like not like open a company and start, but to, to practice some type of meditation. Um, um, practice uh that way you can really get grounded and be in attunement with yourself because anything that you want to do whether starting a business um getting healthy it starts with you it starts with you um but you need to be grounded so you can you can see where you need to go and have some direction 
Yeah. Yeah. That is such a great tip that I hear all the time from people. And I still know people sometimes just get really scared because they think, you know, I'm going to really be bad at meditating. So I'm just not going to start. But it could be not as scary. It could be like a moving meditation or it could be like you are just, um, you know, reflecting. So just like a reflection could be another angle that we can view it. And there's so many apps out there that you can use for guided meditation. Um, I don't know if I can say a certain app. I love to use Calm, C-A-L-M. I use the Calm app. They have different types of medication, um, guided meditation. So if if you don't know how to meditate, that's a great way to start. Yeah, that's such a great tip. Yeah, guided meditations can be a really great solution for people that are, you know, afraid they won't be able to keep keep up with it or won't enjoy it. So um, question number two is, um, what would be your message for people that are, you know, looking to maybe either start this more holistic journey, like they're not really sure if they're aligned with their career as a pharmacist or a healthcare professional, and they just want to learn for themselves these concepts of lifestyle medicine, what would be the first step for them? Hmm. So the first step, if they want to to go switch over into to like holistic lifestyle medicine, I would say go for it. Your first step is to make a decision, yes or no. And that decision should be yes, <laughs> go for it. And um, and then from there, you'll start taking the steps and doing the research you need to do to find out um, what your next step should be. So what type of what type of practice do you want to do? What exactly do you want to be like Marina and be more of the herbal or, <laughs> you know, um, and then as pharmacists there, I feel like um, we got stuck in this box. You know, where we feel like, oh, we can only do like I started out in um, industry. I was working for a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company doing oncology drug research. And um, and then I then there's retail and hospital. But there's there's more, you know, we can do so much as pharmacists, like. So much. So I would say the first step is just to say yes to doing something different and go for it. Yeah, the first step starts with a decision. Such a good point. Um, and our skills are so versatile that we can grow in so many different directions from our baseline. Definitely. So, yeah. So another fun question for you. What's your favorite hobby? Oh, my, this is a funny one. My favorite hobby. I love music. Um, I play, grew up playing the piano and clarinet and a couple of years ago, I picked up the guitar. Um, so I picked it up again earlier this year and stopped last month because I wanted to have nails. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot play the guitar and play those chords if you have long nails. So um, that was my favorite hobby, playing the guitar. <laughs> but I've um, put that down for a little bit. Uh, so right now, my favorite hobby is I've really gotten back into exercising um, on a regular basis. Um, so, uh, my favorite hobby right now is making sure I get to the gym at eight o'clock in the morning and get that workout on. Nice. And what is your favorite nutritious meal? (laughs) (laughs) I love food, Marina. Absolutely love food. Um, nutritious is, is that your alternative term for healthy? (laughs) 
healthy, nutritious, <laughs> I guess, yeah, or hearty, <laughs> healthy, healthy. Okay, well, I'll go with um, I'll go with a snack. Like my favorite snack are are cucumbers, um, in olive in olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Oh, yes, absolutely love it. Like that's my go-to. And then chop up some some cheese in there, whether it's mozzarella, when it's some tomatoes. So I'll say cucumber salad. Like I love. I, hands down, I'll drop everything for a cucumber salad. I'm simple. Yeah, very <laughs> Not hard to please. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tamar, thank you so much for coming on. Please tell our listeners what's the best way to get in touch with you and support your work. Okay, sure. The best way to reach me is on LinkedIn, uh, Dr. Tamar Lawful, PharmD. Or you can visit uh, my website at thelifebalance.com. And life is spelled L-Y-F-E because it stands for love yourself first every day. Amazing. Well, it was such a wonderful conversation. Thanks so much again for joining me. And I will have all of your links in the show notes. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day ahead. Thank you, Marina. Have a great day as well. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.